What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we've got a super exciting guest on the line, Mike Demeray, co-founder of Rainbow, a good friend of the channel. Mike, welcome back to the show. Great to have you on. What is up, Gally? Hello, HyperChange. I've missed all of you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So for those Thanks who for don't... Yeah, of course, dude. And I know you're you're super busy these days. Rainbow's blowing up. Um, you're one of the hottest kids in the crypto block, you know. Um, so we appreciate the time. And for those who don't know Rainbow, though, I want to give the elevator pitch because I think it's one of my favorite companies, apps, startups. The first time you told me about it, it was uh, Robinhood meets Snapchat but for Ethereum. This UI layer for the Ethereum network, which I think is so crucial. The blockchain is just like all these numbers, super confusing like making that layer that makes it accessible, fun, and just interactable and social is kind of what Rainbow's building, the UI for Ethereum. I think it's so exciting. I'm a huge investor in Rainbow. It's one of my biggest positions besides Tesla, SpaceX, ETH, Bitcoin, may even be bigger than some of those. But I, so I'm just all in on this. I'm totally biased. I've been a Rainbow user for years, um, obviously an NFT nerd, but um, yeah, I just think it's it's been crazy to see it blow up. Maybe you could give us, that was my take on Rainbow. Maybe you could give us your elevator pitch. Yeah, so Rainbow is an Ethereum wallet currently available for iOS very soon to be available for Android. Like, actually, guys, it's coming. Um, but what Rainbow is, yeah, is, is it's like it's trying to be a hyper accessible Ethereum wallet that is, you know, lets you do all of the things in Ethereum. Um, so it has Wallet Connect built in, which lets you uh, use dApps in whatever web browser you're already using, right? So whether you're using Chrome or Safari on your phone. Um, you can use dApps right there by connecting them to Rainbow via uh, Wallet Connect. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think that people really like Rainbow because it's kind of, uh, it has a very fun aesthetic. It's designed, uh, you know, we put a lot of attention to detail uh, in, into our designs and our user experience. And uh, it also is just, I guess, really popular with NFT people uh, because we make NFTs uh, look really pretty and like, you know, uh, allow you to organize them in, in fun ways. And so where's the focus of, I've, I've seen you've been hiring a lot and that's awesome. Where's the next focus of Rainbow kind of in 2022 from like a product perspective? Like um, I've, yeah. I've seen you do some really cool stuff with the ENS names, making like an ENS name searchable and that wallet accessible, almost like Google, but for Ethereum, which I love that feature, but I'm curious like where your head's at with the product roadmap. Yes. So, uh, so we do have some really cool ENS features coming soon. Um, we're about to have uh, a feature in the app that lets a user buy an ENS name and then configure its profile metadata, right? So essentially what, it, what we're going to let you do is, is create your Ethereum profile um, based on ENS. And what that means is basically you can have, um, you know, a username, which will be, you know, galley.eth or whatever. Um, and then you can have uh, things like an avatar um, and like metadata, things like, you know, a bio and, um, you know, like a link to your Twitter or a link to your Instagram, et cetera. Um, and all of those things will be stored on chain, which um, what, what that ends up uh, giving you is, is, is a portable user profile, right? So it's actually a user profile that isn't, it's not a rainbow profile, it's an Ethereum profile. And you can like carry it, uh, you know, if you say, fuck rainbow, I hate rainbow, uh, that's fine. Like you can actually take that profile and um, just, you know, you can, you can eject from rainbow and go use another wallet. Um, but what's exciting about these Ethereum profiles is that um, any website out there uh, uh, basically can um, hook into them. Meaning 
um, you know, uh, uh, like you could, for example, if, if the, you know, if this continues to see adoption, um, what you could, what you'll what you'll end up with is a world in which you land on a website and uh, instead of having to like create a new profile, right, for every new thing that you you uh, you know sign up for, it can essentially like snap in, um, you know, your standard profile that you had set up on Ethereum, um, right? So it's like uh, it's really cool. It's kind of like a continuation of the same vision um, that this project called Gravatar. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, uh, but it was like, you know, this popular web thing, I don't know, man, maybe like eight years ago, okay? And it was this like, it was this system where they tried to make this, it was called Gravatar. And it was a system where, you know, it was like, hey guys, come and add an avatar over here on Gravatar. And then any website you sign up for can like ping Gravatar and, and see if we have a, an avatar like registered for you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that was like really cool for a minute and like it got adoption from some nerdy stuff. Um, but it's like that same vision, I guess, is now uh, being like, you know, uh, championed by, uh, by ENS and these Ethereum profiles. And I think it's just a far better solution all around. Um, so yeah, that's, that's an exciting part of a roadmap. But I think that the uh, really Rainbow has two high level goals for 2022 that are that are really driving our roadmap. Um, and we think that if we achieve these two goals, that Rainbow can be a wholesale replacement for MetaMask and to truly become the new default Ethereum wallet and potentially also compete directly with Coinbase, okay? Um, so these two high-level goals are one, um, to get Rainbow to have a world-class fiat on-ramping experience, okay? What that means is basically we want uh, uh, to let our users um, go from dollars in their bank account um, or their debit card, right, into a stable coin um, instantly via a layer two um, for the best possible rates, right? So, um, you know, for example, uh, we think the, you know, the best fiat on-ramping experience out there, uh, you know, the best in the market today is probably Cash App. And we're, we, you know, the goal for this year is to essentially have a Cash App uh, level, uh, you know, quality fiat on-ramping experience in Rainbow. Or, or like Coinbase, right? And so how how different is the tech behind the scenes that you're, are you doing it in a totally different way than those guys are? Are you just kind of replicating or? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Um, Coinbase could be doing, this is, you know, you're, uh, you, you know, this was, you know, we, you know, Gally and I were talking a little bit before the call audience and uh, I was telling him, you know, I might drag him a little bit for some of his, you know, you know, I guess, you know, preformed opinions, you know, maybe he has these opinions that he hasn't really thought too hard about. Okay. But uh, yes. So your, your, your favorite company, Coinbase Gallery, uh, they, it is similar to this, uh, right? So Coinbase uh, do, is a fiat on-ramping experience. Um, now uh, there's a lot of uh, like bad, or there's a lot of things about the Coinbase experience that are like not good, right. And are actually less good than Cash App. Um, so a couple of those things are one is like instant liquidity. So um, uh, Coinbase, um, you know, actually has pretty low limits on uh, their ability to like add cash. So like Rainbow thinks that we're going to be able to, for example, get like, you know, like 15 grand, like you'll be able to like, uh, you know, deposit 15 grand off a debit card uh, and have that uh, have that money be liquid uh, immediately, right? Without like any like uh, wait time windows or anything that Coinbase does. Um, but what you were saying, you know, 
Coinbase could get into this business, right, and decide to become this like fiat on ramping, um, you know, provider. Um, and uh, they should, except that they won't because they, uh, you know, don't understand the game, Gally. So the game here is actually dollars to stable coins exclusively. So the rest of Coinbase's business about, uh, you know, dollars to Litecoin and dollars to Bitcoin and dollars to this and that, that is all actually um, an outdated business that is no longer relevant um, because, uh, in, in, you know, essentially now, um, you know, with all of these decentralized exchanges on um, Uniswap or on, on Ethereum, things like Uniswap, things like SushiSwap, et cetera, there's actually much deeper liquidity um, on these de decentralized exchanges. And the, uh, the game ends up becoming like, you know, how can you get a user uh, how can you get stable coins into the hands of the user um, so that they can then go buy the thing they want on one of these decentralized exchanges? Um, and in that paradigm, right, like Coinbase's core business is kind of uh, dead, right? Like why would I buy Ethereum from Coin? Like all Coinbase should actually be doing is focusing on getting dollars into stable coins. Um, and in my opinion, they won't do, they won't realize that and what's going to end up happening is a competitor is going to come through and offer that exact service that I'm describing, right? And Coinbase will inevitably have to, like, that essentially, like, leapfrog, like, so other people are going to leapfrog Coinbase. And as a user, that essentially, that would mean, like, I wait less time to get access to the full money, and I'm, in theory, getting a slightly better rate? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, you can buy, you can go from dollars into any of the assets that you want right? Not just the random ones that Coinbase lists, right? So it's like Coinbase only lists like a subset of assets. Um, often it's like, it's, it's like, they're not even necessarily good assets. They're or like, you know, the ones that you might want to buy, right? Um, so uh, yeah. Wait, what was your question again? Oh, no, no, this is super interesting because, and this is the crux of our beef is like, I'm bullish on Coinbase. I own a little bit of stock, a lot more in Rainbow, but I just think what they've done is, I, I like Brian, Brian Armstrong, but what they've done is impressive, bro. Like, they've built an incredible business. And when I, I talk smack, it's like David to get, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like uh, David and Galilee, you know, it's like, uh, uh, it's like, you know, he, they're the big, you know, uh, incumbent, right? And David I'm, Goliath. you know, David and Goliath. Yeah, what did I say? Or whatever. But yeah, it's like, you know, I think it's okay to take shots on Goliath. Um, but however, it's like, you know, all due respect to Coinbase, right? Like I wouldn't, you know, I don't think that a lot of the industry would be here without Coinbase, but at the same time, right? Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like I kind of, you know, uh, these, you know, they could have been doing this stuff. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I've been, I've been tweeting this stuff for, you know, I don't know. It's like, these are my thoughts. I could be wrong, but I think that they're fumbling the opportunity. Um, yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like we're still talking about kind of like pennies on the dollar in terms of like just the fiat on ramp of crypto as being a hundred billion dollar business and like, um, like OpenSea raising three hundred million, I think at thirteen billion or something. It's like that came out of nowhere, but that's almost a second layer. Yes. And now Coinbase is trying to copy them, which I'm super bullish on. Yeah. Obviously, it's a huge swing, could right. be a miss. Um, but I think I love how they're seeing how profitable that is and how much money OpenSea is making ASAP and like this is the future and they're like let's get into it. 
um, not miss this. And I so I kind of respect them from that and like it as a shareholder, but I do see they're playing catch. Let's just jump right into this, bro, because yeah. I have strong opinions about this in particular. Okay. So well, so no, I get it. I think that yes, I see what you just described as being um, you know, the thing that you respect them like wanting to jump into the ring or whatever. I view that actually as them FOMOing and not having a plan or like not having considered Fair. the Fair. the thing. Um and so here, here's how I think about things, right? So I think that there's uh, that Coinbase's plan of uh, launching an NFT marketplace. Um, uh, there's some cool things about their idea, right? Where basically, you know, it's essentially going to be a curated marketplace, right? Where it only has, uh, you know, good NFTs, whatever, right? Um, that can be kind of cool, right? Like there's a lot of junk on OpenSea. I think that in reality, you know, there's uh, the projects that coinbase has picked to work with are actually good i like those projects right and there's enough of them that i'm not i don't think that there's like you know that users are gonna feel like there's not enough or anything like that my main issue with coinbase's nft marketplace strategy is just kind of thinking about it one or two steps ahead right which is um is it actually meaningfully going to compete with OpenSea? and i think the answer is no um, and I think the reason why is actually because um, of, so OpenSea is currently the primary venue um, for buyers and sellers, right? So if you're a buyer or a seller of an NFT, the first place you go is OpenSea. Now, all of a sudden when Coinbase NFT marketplace launches, right? Um, now uh, there's two venues potentially, like two big high-end, you know, brand name venues that a user could be uh, going to. And um, what that's going to end up causing actually is fragmentation in the liquidity, right? So say you have all these, whatever, uh, you know, creatures, like those are, you know, some NFT called creatures, right? Like say there's all these creature auctions happening. Now in the past, a user, both buyers and sellers would be going to OpenSea and that's where all of the, you know, auctions would be happening. But then now when there's two venues, Coinbase and OpenSea, both buyers and sellers are going to have to start actually keeping track of both of those venues, right? And in my mind, what that actually forces um, it, it into the market is, is, is uh, basically creates an opportunity for aggregator products. You know, like what, Rainbow is gonna be working on things like this. Um, so, you know, in effect, right? Like uh, when you start having, you know, like from a user facing perspective, uh, like a, all a user wants to do is see all of the auctions, right? Like they don't actually care what platform it's being auctioned on, right? Like that is not actually interesting, right? Um, and really they also just want the lowest fees, right? Um, so uh, the Coinbase NFT marketplace to me is kind of short-sighted in that it's actually only going to hasten the adoption of one of these aggregator products. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just basically think that like, uh, yeah, that, that like the NFT marketplace thing is kind of like, you know, Coinbase FOMOing without necessarily having considered like the deep market, you know, the, like the, the second order effects of this. Yeah. And I, yeah, totally. And it is super convenient to go to OpenSea and it feels like OpenSea is already crushing it at this and they've dominated and they got such a critical mass. Like, I think they're going to be the player in it for a while. 
But it'll be interesting to see if... We'll see. Yeah, because I just think Coin, what Coinbase is doing is awesome, though. Because OpenSea has, like, a couple yeah. hundred thousand users, 500,000. Coinbase has, like, 70 million. So they're... I'm actually bullish on this for Ethereum. And it's not even just Coinbase. That's just an example of, like, the amount of dev and resources. Like, if you talk to anybody... They're all scared because you're people like you are hiring all the smartest engineers in the world, and it, everyone else is having a mega hiring debacle. But even beyond all that, it's just where's the talent going? It is running, it is sprinting at Web three. That is where like, and yeah. I can't. So it's what you know, OpenSea versus Coinbase. Who knows? But I just see the momentum here. Like twenty twenty two is about to pop off. All of these things that I'm saying, even if I'm being spicy towards any of these other players in the, all of this is good for Ethereum right? This is only good for Ethereum, uh, you know, and, and, you know, uh, all of this, like, you know, uh, yeah, all of the spiciness is just, you know. So, so let's talk about that. What, what's good with ETH? Because I've, I see them, they're doing like 37, I think today it's 37 million bucks in fees, which is like 20 billion yeah. a year, 10 billion a year. So this is, yeah. you can actually start to value Ethereum like a 20, 30 P that's more than Bitcoin. That's the most people are paying to use any blockchain in the world. So when people are talking about the high gas fees, I love what you said on the odd lots of like, it's a luxury product. Like that's the way I look at it. And I'm like, people are like, it's too expensive to use. It's not working. And I'm like, no, it's working. The market clearing price is 200 bucks to mint an NFT. It's working. People are spending 40 million bucks a day on that. Like that, like you saying it's too high is just your opinion. And I think it will come down over time, but I've almost taken the contrary and take that with fees being this high and we're seeing so much adoption still wait until they come down but with that kind of lens i'm curious what you think of l2 and um you showed me that dope website which i'll maybe you could tell me one more time but what, what what's happening with the l2 and e-scaling yes i think yeah yeah so what's going on with so yeah ethereum you know how how's ethereum doing state of ethereum is good right now um Fees are a little high. Uh, and yeah, I do resonate with your vibes there about how to think about fees. Now, obviously, it's not ideal. Um, you know, it would be amazing if like, you know, uh, if, if the network was scalable, uh, to, you know, to the point where it's like everyone in the world could be using this and like, you know, fuck the old financial systems like all over here, because, you know, why not? Transactions are abundant, whatever. But, um, you know, the reality of it is, is that right now that's not the situation and that the technology needs to, you know, um, you know, uh, develop a little bit further in, uh, before we get there. Um, but the, you know, uh, the world of layer twos is actually fucking dope and very exciting. Um, so yeah, there's a few websites. I think it's like l2beat.com and I think it's like l2fees.com.info. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's a number of uh, really exciting layer two solutions coming for Ethereum. Um, so right now today, um, there's Optimism, um, Arbitrum, uh, you know, uh, are, are, those are the two like optimistic rollups. Then you have things like, you know, ZK Sync. Um, and you also have things like Starknet. Um, and those are like ZK rollups. Um, and then you also have like some other various things that are kind of called like side chains, um, like Polygon. And uh, there's another one called like Gnosis Chain as well. Um, and, you know, you know, uh, across all of those different uh, networks, uh, basically, uh, whatever you're looking for in a layer two probably exists in one of those. Um, now, not every all of the dApps you want to use might not exist on in those places yet. But that's actually happening, um, you know, uh, very quickly, um, more, you know, uh, dApps are, are like, you know, rolling out on those those chains, uh, you know, steadily. Um, I think that 
in reality, uh, the transition to layer two is probably going to happen, you know, over the next like year, year and a half, right? Um, or like, you know, as in like, you know, in, in a year from now or year and a half from now, a brand new user might not even like, they will have no concept of a $200 gas fee, right? That's kind of what I mean, right? Like it'll, it'll, it might take a year or a year and a half in order to get like a new user to truly have no, like, I, you know, they had no idea that it used to be that expensive, et cetera, right? Um, right now though, Rainbow is focused uh, uh, on kind of making sure that Rainbow stays a fully featured product, right? Like a very like, you know, unbounded product, right? That essentially works for um, all of the things that you can do on Ethereum, um, which, uh, are, which is a broader set of things currently that, than you can do on uh, layer twos. So like, uh, so right now, you know, we're not like, uh, you know, there's a lot more work that Rainbow needs to do on layer twos, but we are kind of like, uh, you know, other products in the space are, I guess, like, you know, le you know, exclusively working on layer two things. Um, in our mind though, like that, that is like, uh, often those products actually then kind of have like a subset of features, right? Where it's like, oh, like, cool, transactions are five cents, but you can only trade these five assets back and forth. And like, that's kind of not what we want to do. So like, we're, we're kind of, you know, yeah, maintaining, uh, you know, yeah, it's like, okay, for this stuff to be a little bit of a luxury product, because you know, uh, the future is bright, and it won't be like that for long. Um, so, you know, let's just like, let's just call it, you know, let's just, you know, it is what it is. Let's, let's uh, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Let's, uh, let's keep working on it. Um, yeah, that was a great explanation. And I think even this year, I'm looking at the chart, it says like 50 million to almost like 5 billion in liquidity. And I know it's not perfect, but that just to give you a flavor of like 100x of the ecosystem in 2021. And this year, you know, so it's booming. And the, your breakdown of how it's like, well, they work, but this what you can do with them is small. So you can feel it bubbling up though. Um, and in, in, with that lens, like what do you think of when people talk about Solana and all that stuff? Because I know you know what's your take on all that i think that yeah so so a couple of these so solana in particular uh is interesting it has some novel um improvements to the architecture right like it essentially uh you know um in a lot of ways ethereum can be thought of almost as, as a it's like a frankenstein right like it's this thing that kind of like it started and it was ugly and messy and it's been you know built up and like you know uh patched up over the years right it, but it's like uh so like, you know, maybe old decisions in the world of Ethereum, like still kind of linger and cause problems today. Whereas a Solana kind of got to start from scratch, right? And, and uh, learn from that and, and architect things a little bit cleaner from the beginning. Now, I think that uh, Solana though, um, so I have concerns about the centralization of Solana, um, right? Like it's essentially, it's significantly more centralized than Ethereum. And I, I think that that actually matters a lot. Um, I think that if, you know, governments could shut down DeFi, I think they would. Um, I think that, I think that actually, you know, when you, when you listen to the politicians, if you listen to like these Senate hearings where the boomers, uh, you know, are talking about crypto, right? Um, for whatever reason, I don't know who got to them, but basically, you know, you'll hear the boomers go, oh, well, this one is actually decentralized, which means, you know, it's okay, right? Well, the only reason it means it's okay is because like, you know, it like, 
like it, the boomers essentially realize, oh, if it's decentralized, we can't do anything about it. Therefore, we have to allow it to exist, right? Um, so anyway, so I'm kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in, in the val you know, in the necessity for decentralization. But I guess kind of like, you know, um, my biggest, th you know, my biggest thing about Solana, um, or I guess the, the you know, uh, like the reason I don't really, you know, think about it very much, or like, you know, the reason that Rainbow is not interested in like, uh, you know, integrating Solana, is that, uh, is that it's really like, essentially, it's, it's trying to, it has to compete with Ethereum for network effects, right? So for, Sol for the Solana vision to work, it essentially needs to go from having zero uh, to then beat like, you know, zero network. It, it currently has like, it's a network effect of zero. Like it has zero network and is like needs to now compete with the entire network effects that Ethereum has built up over the years. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm skeptical that that can happen. Um, and yeah, in general, like, I don't think that a lot of the assets, I think that all of the interesting assets that people actually want to trade are happening in the world of Ethereum. Um, uh, I think the last thought I have on Solana is just the idea that, like, you know, the the gains um, that Solana, you know, uh, the the performance advantages of Solana, right? Like the the the, the cost uh, reductions and gas, et cetera, that that people see on Solana, those are actually not uh, meaningfully like, you know, actually the, these Ethereum layer twos actually have higher throughputs and actually cheaper. Uh, uh, transaction costs than Solana. Um, I've yet to see any examples of any use cases of Solana that cannot be done. Like, as in, there's nothing that you can only do on Solana, right? Like, so, so in in that vein, in you know, with if that's true, right? Then like, why why have it exist at all? Or like, essentially, why should Solana win against an Ethereum layer two? Um, because the thing you have to remember is that the that all of the assets exist on Ethereum, right? So it's like all of the most valuable NFTs, all of the most valuable tokens, they all exist on Ethereum. So like, uh, and Solana is an you know, inoperable system, incompatible system. You can, like, it can't take Ethereum assets over there, right? So to me, it's just like, it's clear that, uh, you know, that all of the value is currently today on, on Ethereum, all, like the scaling, uh, the path to having Ethereum scale, um, you know, uh, to the same degree as Solana is like very clear and, you know, um, like the roadmap for that is like, you know, is like in motion. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think Solana, it's, it's an interesting, I'm happy that uh, the experiment is like running its course, but I personally think that, um, I think that you have to, rem you have to remember that, um, th that, you know, honestly, it's like, I'm a pretty cynical person when it comes to crypto, honestly, right? Like, or like, uh, I think that in general, you need to um, um, almost uh, assume uh, the worst and only start only start to trust something once you, you fully understood it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, over the years of me being in the crypto space, I've seen a lot of blockchains kind of like, you know, the you know, they, they would like rise and fall, right? Um, and I think that uh, Solana has been, a, I mean, Cardano, like EOS is a great example, right? Like, uh, you know, even like, yeah, like Steam, like, I don't know. And, uh, you know, uh, Solana has been around for like a minute, 
right? Like it's been around for like no time. It has no history. Um, and uh, I think that it's, uh, yeah, all around, I'm just kind of like, um, I think that it has a lot to prove. And I think that like, um, that honestly, it doesn't really bring much to the table in the world of, um, you know, ZK rollups on Ethereum, right? Like, so, uh, you know, the, 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 like what Starknet is, is bringing to the table here is like, you know, it essentially makes Solana irrelevant in my mind. And I almost view them as like the Rivian of the crypto world. It's like Ethereum worked and everyone assumes that because ETH worked, this will work and ETH is huge and working. Yeah. So we'll value the one that's smaller getting this percent. It's like an MBA did the valuation. That's you know always I mean? happened. Yes, that happens yeah. in crypto. Yes. So that's kind of my take on Solana, but I'm also like, this is, a, and on the flip side of watching Tesla on the come up, it's like, this is what happens. ETH is working and it's a nature of crypto that's even more replicable than other industries because the code's open source. So it's, you're going to have to get ready for this. Even like Rainbow, like how much of your code is yeah. open source, you know, right? And so that's kind of a new yeah. Wild West world where you're going to see a lot of these copycats come out faster because yes. of that. But it's just kind of a compliment to ETH at the end of the day is what I would say. Yes. Now, the thing to just, you know, it's like, so yes, you're right. And, and narratives do play a huge role in crypto. Um, and that's, you know, since I got into crypto, that exact phenomenon has happened right where basically um something uh shows success um and then all of a sudden like anything like it gets repriced right um now the thing to just remember though is that uh that the money often that is rotating into those like you know follow-on trades is often right the the, the the weakest hands right so it's like uh you know um it's 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 like uh you know i don't know i just like i don't really concern myself with all of those like other ethereum competitors because in my mind it's like you know sure you could make short-term money gambling like betting on them or whatever because it's like expecting the narrative to, to continue but in my mind it's just like it's just a distraction i don't know but also it's like this is just my opinion guys um i'm you know i don't know yeah, you have an ETH wallet. You run an ETH company, so of course. I, you know, I'm I'm definitely buy, but it's like I run an ETH you make company good because, stuff. like, yeah, like I run. You know, if if I, you know, if uh, I would, you know, I would run a Solana wallet if I thought it was a good idea. I just don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Vitalik is paying. You know what I mean? Like, I there's like no one paid us to make an Ethereum wallet, right? Where you just well, actually you know, has a lot stuff of these, that people want to do. So that's why you yeah. built a wallet for it because nobody and a lot of these other, Yeah. And like a lot of these other Ethereum killer networks, right? They actually have huge hundreds of millions of dollar like uh, ecosystem funds where they essentially like pay people to make stuff for their eco. So it's like, oh shit, we need a wallet for my random blockchain. Like, uh, what we need, like, we need one really bad. So, like, they just throw money at things, right? So, it's like, a lot of the like adoption that you see of these other networks is actually just kind of like paid for, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like how many, you know, like a good example I like to pick on is like Flow, right? Uh, like Flow, uh, it's like the blockchain made by uh, the Dapper Labs people. Like it's uh, where like NBA Top Shot was happening. You know, there's only like one wallet that supports Flow. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's only one wallet. Like a user has no choice. Like there's no like, uh, 
there's no actual ecosystem there. Um, and even in the world of Solana, it's like, there's really only one wallet. It's like Phantom. I guess there's like another one kind of too, but everyone just uses Phantom. And um, I don't know, to me, that's a sign of an unhealthy ecosystem. And to flip it back, because I don't even want to spend too much time on Solana, on ETH, the, to me, the moment for ETH is exactly what we're saying, like the network effects, like that's so hard to replicate. And I feel like it's been taking a long time to build because you have the main chain and you have so many ancillary products and services to make the main chain fun and sexy and easy to use for the user interface, like Rainbow is part of that stack, right? And so to me, there's been that stack is being built for years and this ENS I mean, obviously I'm biased on Rainbow, but the whole social profile thing you're building that you were just leaked and what you were hinting at earlier in the podcast about like this being an identity almost, like a login. I don't know. I kind of want to spend a little more time on this because I feel like this is something really, really big. And to me, it makes Rainbow almost a social network. And you bring in a component, another, I got to shout out, give a shout out to Public because I always give them a shout out as being the only verified social network. They have to do KYC for every customer. So when I post something on public, it's not a bot, it's not a spam, it's not Twitter. It's me with my portfolio, with transparency. That adds a different layer. To me, it's like the first truly verified social network. Rainbow is kind of doing this in a weird way where Ethereum is going to have, you'll be verified. Like I can see what NFTs you own. I can see how much ETH you have in your wallet. I can see how long you've had that wallet. I can see what else you're doing. And you can just tap into all of that. And to me, that's such a, I don't know. I just think we're onto something super big there with Ethereum essentially creating a social network um, is what we're kind of seeing happen in real time. Yes, um, I agree. I think that, so the, the way that I've been thinking about it lately is thinking about how like Rainbow is kind of a Trojan horse to get public key cryptography into the hands of regular people. Um, and, you know, uh, Right now, you know, the public key, the reason that the, that the end user wants the public key cryptography is so that they can speculate on JPEGs and random tokens, right? But actually, um, you know, there's all of these like, you know, uh, further benefits that, can, that society can benefit from, from having, you know, a populace uh, that, that is like, you know, equipped um, and educated about public key cryptography. Um, one of those things, yes, is this idea of essentially using your keys, your wallet as um, a login. Um, and we think that that's like a far better user experience than a username and password on um, like across the board, right? So like, you know, if you go to Uniswap today um, and you uh, like, you know, log into it, there's actually no login button. There's a button that says connect your wallet. Um, so when you click connect your wallet, you, you connect to your wallet and then bam, it's like you're, you're like logged in. It sees your, the contents of your wallet, et cetera. Um, and that's just like far better, right? Because like, you know, yo, I, I think, dude, I think I was making fun of you recently because you were telling me that you don't use a password manager. And it's like, bro, like, oh, bro, you know, it's like, that's like bro, you might have to fucking edit that. that. I know. I got to cut that out. We got to cut that out. No, no, you don't. No, no, you shouldn't cut it. I should, I don't know. I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, uh, are you, wait, fuck. You think so? I don't think so. I think no, you should no, leave no. that I'm, in. I appreciate, bro, you, I, you don't understand how much I appreciate the G checks, bro. Like I'm okay. Okay. You right. know, you, I think you can me, leave I, this I, in. Please. I think you, yo, yo, see everyone in the audience, they see that we're fucking homies. Okay. And I'm trying to, so Gally over here, he, you know, it's like, okay, listen, username and passwords suck. Okay. And it's really important to use a password manager so that you have fucking 30 character long gibberish passwords for everything because that's really the only way 
to have a secure like login experience. The thing is though, is that average people don't use, so many people don't even know about password managers, let alone use them, right? And um, that's why I'm excited about, uh, you know, using your Ethereum wallet as a login because um, it essentially, you know, uh, you know, completely sidesteps that um, and like it, it removes the need. Cryptographically secure digital identity, almost. Yeah. Which is, yeah. yeah. Like already logging into OpenSea is way easier than logging into most websites. And so I think yeah. what we're hitting on, like we call it the password, but what we're really hitting on is like this huge moment of like you in the metaverse. How do I verify that you, this human, own these assets that are in the metaverse? That's the moment of the password, the login or whatever. And to me, it's like the password, the way the system works on Web 2.0 is a disaster. So um, this isn't going away. I feel like it's like, it's, that's why I wanted to say it because I feel like it sounds nerdy and lame to like password managers, who cares? But actually we're hitting on like the crux of like the future of the human experience, which is how do you verify your identity in the in the digital universe and like um yeah yeah so um uh so yeah i'm really hyped on that i'm really excited to see the adoption of ens i'm really excited to see um people you know talking more and more about using um you know uh you know like sign in with ethereum um i think that you know over this year we're gonna see that um grow quite a bit i think that it's very like user-centric what will it enable like why is it so exciting um, well, what's exciting about it is that it, it to me, it actually um, has a chance of bringing all of the benefits of a password manager to regular people without having to have, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's essentially like it, you know, coaxing uh, the consumer audience into having kind of a better, uh, you know, password, like, uh, user experience as well as like hygiene, right? Because it's like, um, you know, if you're if you ask a user to give them a, a username and a password, there's a chance that they're going to give you the same password that they've been using for the last 20 years, which is actually like bad. Like you, you like uh, you shouldn't even let them. It's like now they could just log into any site using your email and password you just gave them, which they know you probably use for every other site. Right. So it's like, you know, uh, like just completely sidestepping that and like not even letting the user give you their bad password and to instead just uh, sign in with their Ethereum wallet, um, I think is a better user experience. Um, yeah. And in general, I just think that, yeah, like, the, uh, you know, um, one of the big tenants of like web three is just this idea of data portability. So this idea that, you know, so say you have like, uh, say, you, you know, um, you fill out all of this information uh, into some profile on some site uh, that site should let you export that, right? And like, let you like, uh, things should be interoperable with each other more. Um, and and this like sign in with the Ethereum experience um, is kind of like step one in, in like, it's like kind of like the foot in the door that then enables more and more of those use cases um, because like more and more things can then start actually tying themselves to your Ethereum address, which then makes them portable. Does that make sense? Wow. So this is a key foundational pillar, it sounds like. Um, are you seeing anything else crazy and cool happen on ETH? Any DAOs, any big NFT drops, anything Unisoc, the next Unisoc? What's something crazy that gets you? Like, what are you nerding out about about on the ETH blockchain? Because I know you're always nerding out about some project. Yeah. I'm really into this thing lately called Juicebox. Um, and did you see that thing recently that uh, it was like Constitution DAO? Yes, that was a really cool...
and the fact that the Ken Griffin Robin Hood Citadel, do I mean, bro? It's it's we're in a net, we're in Black Mirror, bro. We're already in an I know episode. it's so like, funny, but yeah. So, uh, juice boxes is the is the platform that uh, Constitution Dow used, right, to actually enable their endeavor. Um, so, what juice boxes is like, it's like a generalized um, platform for, like, essentially like crowdfunding anything, right? So it's like, uh, so like you know, uh, yeah, like it's completely configurable, right? So it's like you could do anything from, hey, give me money to like to the Constitution DAO where the actual like, you know, uh, the money that was being collected was was actually being collected into a multi-sig of like, you know, whatever, the council of the Constitution and DAO people or like whatever, right? So it's like, what I'm getting at is that Juicebox is like a very um, open-ended platform. But what I'm excited about is, is actually that Constitution DAO use case. Um, so I'm really excited about the internet um, essentially like, rallying and crowdfunding essentially public goods um or other like you know normally when people talk about public goods they almost mean like freaking open source software and stuff like that but i even just mean like truly anything like i i've recently been thinking a lot about um i kind of have this harebrained scheme for uh using juicebox to try to fund a, a national park Okay, so it's like, what if the internet uh, crowdfunded a new national park, right? Because actually, all it would take is every American only donating a dollar fifty. Okay, it, so all it so okay, so there's so the largest plot of land in uh, the largest plot of land for sale in America today is in Texas. Okay, and it's uh, the land is roughly half the size of Rhode Island. Okay, so it's very large. Okay, and it costs four hundred and fifty million dollars. Okay, now, uh, like, that's not too much money for the internet, right? So it's like actually, you know, in the scale of the internet, that's not that much money. As well as the fact that it's like you know the largest plot of land uh, for etc. Uh, for sale in America, I think has like strong, you know, uh, meme factor, like viral. Well, it's almost like a stable coin backed by land. Because once the, the end financial product that you have is backed by land. So like it's, yeah. this isn't a board ape where it's like a thing in the metaverse. It's like, this is a really interesting, I love that you are, are saying this, but um, yes. so, yeah, so the thing, going. so juice box enables, uh, would enable that to happen. Right. Um, and I broadly, I just think that like, I'm really bullish on those kinds of things. Right. Where basically uh, there's this like, you know, psychological phenomena of like, you know, uh, like, uh, uh, like, you know, hey, there's this crazy thing. And you know what, like, I'm not going to go quit my job to pursue it, but I'll give $3. And if everyone just gives $3, then that crazy thing can happen. And like, let's just do it. Right. And I, I think that there's a lot of those things that could be happening. Um, you know, everything from like funding parks to funding, like literally, yeah. you know, it's like buying a stadium, exam. like the you know, the internet could buy a stadium, right? And call it, you know, Bodie McBoatface Stadium or like whatever, right? Like that that kind of stuff is is in the realm of possibilities here. It's crazy how it's like true democracy in a way and it's almost replacing our, our government institutions, I think like aren't doing enough. And we have like so much like kind of, 
I don't know how to put my finger on that like need for our generation. But when you say something like that, it's like, we all want more parks. This is for sale. Let's save it. Like the internet will just sidestep every regulation and law and government entity and just do it. And it's, so it's almost like a new way that's controlled by no company or, or no country or no anything to just get shit done based on the will of like enough humans. Which is like, that's such a powerful technology. And that's why people try and hate on me for like liking ETH and it's pollution and like what happened to you liking Tesla and saving the planet, Gally? And I'm like, bro, yeah, well, but my take on that is like, you can't, ETH is good. If we have the mindset of, if we consume more energy, energy's bad. Anything that consumes energy is bad. Well, don't get in your car, uh, you know. Rockets, don't get in your house, don't turn the lights on, don't have heat in your home because that's polluting too. Like, in, in fact, you shouldn't be eating or anything. You should just die. That's actually the most sustainable thing for you to do. You should just die if you want to be sustainable. Die. Yeah, bro. I thought you cared about the environment, bro. Dude, I'm on one about this because the amount of people I've been meeting who are like in Seattle and they're like, yeah, I really care about climate change. And then I'm like, what do you think about Tesla? Like, I hate Tesla. It sucks. And so they're driving a gas car, hating on Tesla. Anyway, I'm, we're getting into a bad place, but people in our in our in our generation that are that are confused, Gally, and it's okay. I think that uh, you know, you know, in time, like you know, they will they will understand, like you know, they'll see see the world more clearly. Like when you think of the the excitement of ETH as an asset, why it's worth all this energy, even, and why you spend your life on it, like why do you how do you put into words to people who don't get how exciting it is like why is it so exciting of an opportunity for you to build on ethereum um so that's a good i mean man that's that's one of them really open-ended questions uh uh so i i i think that um i think that uh the 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 goal of essentially disintermediating you know, uh, middlemen, right? Like, like removing middlemen and essentially like trying to commoditize, um, as many, or, you know, as many things as possible is good for, for the world. Like basically, you know, um, you know, margins of, you know, financial services, uh, you know, the margins for those should be driven, uh, as low as possible. Right. Like, uh, you know, it's like if, if, if technology can do this thing, um, technology should do it right instead of that person on wall street doing it right so broadly i think that um you know we should always be using technology um in order to uh you know further uh each individual um and like you know their freedom and like their liberty right um i think that like i don't know yo you gave me these open-ended questions okay yo listen like ethereum is very like empowering to the to the individual right all of these systems actually are putting a lot of control back into the individual right um and i think that that's healthy um i think that currently the world is too um you know too much in the hands of institutions that are actually fragile right um and that broadly um you know uh like are you know these institutions are only showing like have only showed their you know inability to kind of like you know adapt um but, you know, more broadly, what you were just talking about before about government, you know, the reason I'm really into, you know, Ethereum or how I got into it in the first place was just realizing that this is all actually step one, you know, the, the money use case, et cetera, the financial use case is actually step one um, in kind of a multi-step process towards, um, you know, injecting technology into democracy in general, right? So it's like, there's actual fundamental, like, 
you know, the, the American, you know, political system is like, you know, still paper. They're still using paper out here. Yeah. I'm just very interested in kind of like, you know, the future of, uh, of democracies and I guess like political systems. I think that um, these, you know, these technologies offer a lot of really interesting futures there, right? Um, there's, there's very interesting concepts of like, you know, liquid democracies, right? Um, you know, uh, like this concept of like being able to like delegate your vote um, to other people. Um, you know, I think that DAOs, for example. So, okay, yeah. So I think one of the more exciting tangible things that Ethereum can do in the next short couple of years is, um, is really shake up uh, and kind of like uh, shake up what it means to be a small business owner in America, right? So if you're a small business owner today, if you run a coffee shop and, you know, say you want to be a fucking cool coffee shop and you want to do something like, you know, have a, you know, a revenue split with your, uh, with your, with your employees, right? Where you essentially want to like, you know, cut your employees in on, uh, you know, the profits, uh, you know, profit sharing on the, all the coffee that you sell. Like doing that today is I don't even, I don't even know what the first step would be. If I, if I like, you know, I'm pretty savvy in things. It's like, I don't even know who the first person I would call would be to actually implement that. Like, how do I actually set that up? Do I talk to a lawyer first? Do I talk to an accountant? Like, am I the right type of corporate entity? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, but in the world of Ethereum, right. Um, you know, if your if your corporate entity was actually a DAO, um, you know, the ability to remix your corporate structure is, um, you know, potentially a click away uh, in this future that we're talking about here, right? Where essentially you can, you can remix the incentives inside of your organization. Um, you can, um, you know, I broadly think that like, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll see, you know, a resurgence of things like um, interesting, like cooperative, like models, right? Like things like co-ops um, and things like, uh, you know, like um, broadly, I mean, not to get too political, I broadly think like unions are kind of an antiquated structure. I think I vibe with the concept of unions, but not the current like implementation. It feels like really. The DAO is almost the new union. Like a DAO is yeah. kind of a union. It's just with tech and like done, frankly, what I think more democratically. Yes. So, I mean, the thing is, is that this future that I'm talking about here is not really possible until the boomer feds change the laws, right? Which I think is inevitable. Um and, uh, you know, I think that when they do that, I think that America is going to kind of see like a new renaissance in capitalism, where basically, um, you know, uh, 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 like the, the, uh, the small business, uh, uh, you know, owners of America are going to actually have like a lot more tools at their disposal. I, I broadly think that like, that they're going to, um, you know, have more opportunities than they've ever had before. And I, you say small business owner, I almost feel like it's like the solopreneur. And one tangible example of when you say changing the laws, so the most, the biggest pent up thing I can think of for me personally is let's create a galley token. So you can literally buy in and invest on what I invest in and mirror my portfolio. Like, and that should be liquid and trade around the world. And be That's hella illegal right now. It's hella illegal, but it makes no sense. And like, it would make me a ton of money. It would make all my LP, yeah, I don't, you know, like, but that's the kind of stuff. When you say new renaissance, that's what's coming these laws were invented so fucking long ago. And it was like so long ago when people, you know, the average American were, was like an idiot. They didn't have, 
modern education, right? Like we're talking about a world in which people didn't have like modern education and where, you know, if you walked to like, you know, the center of towns, your town square, right? Some like really charismatic dude, you know, could trick you and, you know, make you buy some snake oil and shit, right? Like that was the actual threat that the laws were trying to solve for, right? Was like that. And I think the world is very different than that now, right? Where it's like your average person is actually kind of discerning, uh, you know, or is like way more discerning than they used to be. Um, and broadly doesn't need that kind of paternalistic protection. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I really wish the boomers would let me buy a galley coin. I don't know why they're trying to hold back America like this. And that's such a small example, but I feel it's, it's like, we're, it's a tool. That's what crypto is. It's a tool and it's a tool that makes it more frictionless to organize humans around a cause. And so I think that it's an incentive system to organize humans around a cause. And to me, that's like when I think of the era of hyperchange of us having to get our shit together and adapt to all these things that are moving, like we need to have the most frictionless tools for getting shit done and organizing money and moving that money. Let's say an asteroid's about to hit Earth. Is the guy, I almost have as much faith as the internet putting together a DAO to buy a SpaceX rocket from Elon and paying him $5 billion so he can buy more Tesla stock to figure it out. Elon, like, you know what I'm saying? If Elon, like, if Elon is trying to like charge us for that, you know, Elon's full of shit if he's not willing to shoot, you know, why is he not to get free. paid? I'm just saying in the yeah, worst Yeah, that's what case. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Enough. Yeah, few. Elon, if you're watching, we know you'd help for free, dog. Elon, we know, like Jeff Bezos, though. Jeff Bezos would definitely. He would charge us. us. Yes, he would fucking charge us, dude. Yeah. Oh my, bro, that's totally. It's because he knows. He has. He has intelligence about the asteroid. He knows. Um, dude, this has been dope. Do you have any anything else? Any plugs on Rainbow? Any any other big things we need to talk about? I mean, do you want you? You're done. You've got nothing to talk. No, about. I've. Let, let's keep going. My tech setup is gonna run out of uh, juice, but let's keep going. You're okay. Um, yeah, dog. Um, let me think. Like, uh, well, well, what have what's been interesting to you in the space? Like, what have you what have you had your eyes on, Kelly? It's interesting that like every um, well, I, I think this restaurant idea is fascinating to me. Like, I love I love fine dining. Like, I'm love restaurants. Okay. I think food is art, and it's one of the and our generation loves experiences. You'll see where I'm going with this, and we don't appreciate food as art, but it's happening. And what's the number one thing I want to do when I go to a new city? It's I want to go to the dopest restaurant in that city, but it's always sold out and I don't know how to do it. And the restaurant, there should be a second, it should be NFTs. I think Gary Vee's already doing this, but like NFTs for seats at these bougie restaurants that then trade in the secondary market. And all of a sudden that restaurant is getting revenue from each transaction in the secondary market. Because when LeBron James goes to New York and says, I don't give a fuck, I'll pay five mil to go to Nobu tonight. Nobu just made 500K on that. And they should have, because that's the demand for them. And that makes it more liquid for people to get what they want. And you made a resident Nobu six months out. Now you're a millionaire because LeBron wanted it that night. Like that's just a weird kind of like future that my mind envisions, but everything is liquid. Everything's tradable. And like tying it back to why, why it's so exciting and the conversations going on in my life and business world, it's like every business ha could do a strategy like this. Like my friend's making bagels. He wants to do it so you can only buy his bagels if you have an NFT to his bagel club and then they can trade the NFT so you can go, but then he'll get a cut of that. So it's like empowering all these small business owners, like you say, and every startup and company and entrepreneur that I'm talking to is figuring out a way to use this tool to put into their business and give them so much more power and control. And especially for like these artists is really the ones who it's helping is like my favorite painter. I've used this before, but like this dude, 
this guy who painted this like super dope IRL painter, like, but now he's doing an NFT project and just like talking to him about how like there's a community around it, how he's making more money, how he can pay his rent, how he can live in the West Village and make more art now. Like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, damn, like this isn't just in the metaverse. This is helping the real verse. And, you know. Yes. I think that over the next couple of years, we're going to see, you know, like Ethereum start affecting regular people's lives much more tangibly. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that small biz, I think that the artist class, like the creative class right now is like the first demographic that's really being seeing that wave. Um, and I think the next demographic is, is going to be kind of the small business um, crowd. Ooh. I have an interesting idea to take the conversation because with the whole Web3 metaverse thing, I don't know how much you find this interesting, but it's like, okay, well, what is the Web3 in the metaverse? I realized crypto, like everyone thinks it's like this world that's decentraland or it's going to get invented. It's the Sims. But I'm like, no, it's like Instagram and Twitter. Like when my when I go over to my friend's house and he's ignoring me and he's just reading tweets, like he's in the metaverse. You know what I mean? Like he's already there it's just not a world that looks like the world we're in today the metaverse is going to look different the metaverse is instagram so i've just been thinking about that more and more about how we're already in the metaverse yeah dog i've been like you know i've been an early metaverse explorer i've been a deeply deeply addicted to technology now since i've been i don't know probably 13 or 14 i've been like you know riding that technology addiction since before it was cool and yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that that's the way to think about it. I don't know. I guess I don't spend much time thinking about kind of the skeuomorphic, you know, metaverse concept, right? Like this idea of like a, you know, almost like second life style, like, oh, I'm in this like land, you know, like this virtual world or any, it's like, to me, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, the metaverse is just the internet um, and kind of like, you know, uh, and, and simply your Ethereum wallet is kind of like your Pokedex, right? That is like, you know, that you carry around with you in your adventures uh, on the internet or AKA the metaverse. Um, you know, I actually think that, um, you know, taking a couple steps back in the conversation, you had asked me before about what our big plans are. And I started going off about our two high level goals, one of them being the fiat on ramp. And I realized I kind of, I wanted to lay out a little bit more of what Rainbow's got cooking up. That, that secret alpha? Bro, yeah. let's go. What are you cooking up? So the second high level goal, right, is, is to bring Rainbow to all of the platforms that users care about, which today are um, mobile and desktop. Um, so right now, Rainbow only exists on iOS. We're about to ship Android uh, in a short couple of weeks here. Um, but then what comes next is Rainbow is also going to have a uh, native desktop app for both Windows and Mac OS, um, as well as a browser extension. Um, and uh, when we have that kind of surface area, uh, we, we basically think that we're then um, capable of, of wholesale replacing MetaMask, right? Because then essentially a user has no, there's truly no longer anything that rainbow cannot do right like there's no reason to, to have to use metamask right like there's no excuse that a user could say that uh, i need to go use metamask because of this reason right basically all of those reasons will have been removed um and rainbow will work for everybody um so what's exciting about that is that you know right now like using an ethereum wallet on your desktop kind of sucks like metamask is like everyone knows 
kind of, uh, you know, a little, little janky and like a little ugly. Uh, and it's weird to use it, right? Like if you have, you know, in, you know, you open MetaMask and it's like in the top right of your browser window, it feels real weird to keep your net worth in that, right? Like that seems like a real weird form factor to be keeping, you know, like these expensive NFTs in. And it's like scrolling a little window of like, you know, these like tiny little thumb. It's like, that is a bad form factor to be storing such valuable things in. So um, we're excited about our desktop apps because like we think they're going to just give a much better user experience and kind of give like, you know, your assets a much better like, you know, place to live and like, you know, a better, you know, kind of like space to, to actually like, you know, organize them, interact with them, et cetera. Like, you know, kind of it's like actually, you know, have the NFTs, you know, look pretty and big, right. And not in this tiny little window in the top, right. Um, but uh, so, so we're really excited about that because we think that if we execute on that, that rainbow can, is, can become the new default. Um, so but then some of the other stuff, yeah. How does it work if rainbow is like an app? Cause I get, it's like an app in my phone that connects to the browser, but so would my app on my computer connect to my browser a lot or how did, what's the point of an app, a standalone app on my computer for rainbow? So, uh, so the way it works is it actually is going to use wallet connect as well. Right. So basically you'll have your, your desktop app and, um, you can do uh, a lot of things. You'll be able to do a lot of things directly in the app, right? So you can you can swap for things right in the app. You can like deposit into DeFi positions right from the app. But then if you want to go, uh, you know, uh, you know, to any of these DApps out there on the web, right? Or like you know, say some new NFT came out, and you know, you go to that website, and there's a button that says Mint, right? All you have to do is actually um, is actually use Wallet Connect, um, and it, what it'll do is it'll connect. Uh, your, the desktop app uh, to um, to that website, um, and what's cool about that is that it, it allows the like particularly noobs uh, to not have to worry about a browser extension because actually browser extensions are things that most normal people don't even know about. Like normal people Very don't nerdy. even know they don't even know that browser extensions like exist at all as a thing. Um, so to like you know. So all around, you know, we, we want to remove our dependency on the browser extension. Um, all that being said, I know I just said moments ago that Rainbow is going to have a browser extension, but that actually is going to look very different than uh, your traditional Ethereum wallet extensions. Um, so Rainbow's is going to be um, purely like kind of like a power user tool. So it's going to really like uh, only advanced users will ever need to use the browser extension. And it's really just like a helper. Like it's, uh, it's like a little kind of like accessory, like a little like utility. It's not um, actually your wallet, right? Like, so, you know, uh, like when you click MetaMask, it shows you your wallet. And with Rainbow's browser extension, you never see your wallet. It's not your wallet. It's purely just like a little helper. Um, but anyway, um, but um, blah, blah, blah. did I answer your question? Yeah, I know. keep going though. If you have more, I like, I love this. Well, so the other stuff you were talking about before was kind of like the, you know, um, the, uh, the web profile stuff, right? And the fact that you can like search for ENS names and things like that. Yes, that's, I think that has a lot of potential. Yes, we agree, Gally. So what we want to do is uh, Rainbow is going to be, um, so Rainbow, so being the wallet is actually a really privileged position to be in the um, ecosystem, right? So um, what you were saying in the intro really was like, you know, Rainbow 
uh, sits really nicely in the value chain, right? Where uh, we can actually monetize uh, in some really great ways, which can then allow us, right, to then um, kind of uh, like like uh, like offer other products um, purely to as a funnel, right, and into the core into the core product. So we're really excited about the future of, of the Rainbow Web product. What we want to do with it is um, we're really uh, like uh, spending a lot of time thinking about search, um, and we want to make our search experience um, like the first place a user goes to search for anything in Ethereum. Um, so uh, the scope of the search functionality is going to kind of be a hybrid of um, Etherscan, CoinGecko, and OpenSea, okay? So what that means is that a user can, can uh, paste in um, anything from, for example, uh, a transaction hash, right? Or like an Ethereum address or like a contract address, right? Um, uh, to also being able to search for things like the word crypto punks, right? Or search for the word, you know, Unisox or like MakerDAO, right? And Rainbow will have uh, an interface to actually, uh, you know, display the results there. And what's exciting about that is that it, it you know, uh, kind of coming back to what I was saying before about uh, Coinbase and their NFT marketplace, right? Is that, you know, from a user-centric uh, perspective, um, you know, uh, if you're trying to buy a CryptoPunk right now, um, if you're only going to OpenSea and only looking at the, uh, the, coin, uh, the CryptoPunks that are available for sale on OpenSea right now, you're actually doing yourself, you know, uh, a, you know, a detriment because like, you know, uh, there's, there's liquidity for them elsewhere, right? So you should actually go be making sure that you're getting the best price and that like, that there's not another listing elsewhere. So, um, so with our, with our web search product, uh, you know, we think that users are going to really like it because if you type in the word CryptoPunks, what Rainbow can do is actually display all of the listings uh, across all of the uh, various marketplaces in one interface, right? So Rainbow can essentially aggregate all of the listings and all of the auctions happening in Ethereum across all the marketplaces and letting users interact with them directly uh, in like one unified interface, right? Because at the end of the day, like you, you, if you're trying to buy a CryptoPunk, you really don't care who's selling it, like what marketplace is selling it to you, right? Like it's truly uh, not important to you whatsoever. Um, and basically, yeah, so Rain Rainbow is really gonna be trying to fight to become, you know, the user's, um, you know, preferred, uh, like, you know, starting portal essentially, right? Um, and that's really exciting because we think that that then gives, uh, you know, um, gives Rainbow a lot of, uh, you know, leverage in kind of affecting, um, you know, outcomes of, of these other marketplaces. So for example, it's like Rainbow would then be in a position to, for example, uh, start undercutting the fees of OpenSea, right? Where it's like OpenSea charges a 2.5% fee. Well, if all of a sudden Rainbow can get uh, a lot of users to start using, uh, you know, this this rainbow uh, interface to purchase their NFTs, then all of a sudden over time, like what we can do is basically like, you know, if a user then wants to go list an NFT, 
right? Instead of listing it on OpenSea, Rainbow can choose to, to you know, push the user to list it elsewhere, right? And that, that other venue might have lower fees, right? And then that might force OpenSea into lowering their fees, right? So all around this is ends up, it ends up being like super beneficial to the user. Um, but I'm really excited because I think that it's going to position Rainbow very, very well um, into the future. It's so interesting because it's like everything in crypto is becoming commoditized except design and the customer yes. experience. And that's what Rainbow's focused on. And that's why you're it's saying it's your only focus. And it's that's where all the power is in the whole ecosystem because that's where the starting point for the transaction is. And that's where the flow begins. So that's why I'm so hyped on Rainbow because I feel like you guys own that that niche. We, we, we're so amped, bro. Like, we, bro. You should see, uh, you know, some of these people who are joining the Rainbow team shortly. It's insane um, that the like the world class talent that is joining our team. Like, it, I'm just like I'm blown away um, that these people want to work with us, um, and I'm just like I'm so like you know freaking grateful. Um, but yeah, I think that we're going to continue to have, um, you know. Uh, like the best in class uh, design uh, in, in the industry. And I do agree. I think that that's going, I think that that is by far the biggest competitive advantage that uh, Rainbow has. Um, and I think it will continue to like reap rewards. Um, I think that like, again, you know, th this new world that we live in here with, with Web3, a user can uh, eject at any time. There's no lock-in, right? Because if your Web3 product is locking in users, like, it, you know, that's actually hostile to the user and users are going to buck. Like, they're not going to like that. And they're going to, that thing is not going to see adoption in the first place. So it's like, you know, in this world in which users can, can leave at any time and go start using another product, the only thing you can do is build the best product that users would prefer to use. And um, the way to do that is, is, is design like design is the literal definition of how to do that um so yeah dog i mean i agree i'm really honestly dude it i am so hyped that uh you know that you and hyperguap uh were able to get involved uh with rainbow because there's like nothing cooler to me than uh having you know get being able to have my uh my actual friends you know um invested in this it's like so cool dude it, it's an honor, bro. I'm hyped. Um, I think I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, I've invested twice. I think Rainbow's the only startup I've ever invested twice in that I've had the chance in. And it was my first direct angel investment. So I'm stoked. I feel like I got so lucky. Um, but I'm, I'm hyped. You pick good winners. And, on, and honestly, bro, you're a hard guy to get on podcasts. People need to realize how like, like uh, just Rainbow, like you seem like a chill guy who's like trolling, but at the back of the day, like I describe Rainbow as like a Navy SEAL team of hackers, like literally the best coders in the world and designers. And like that's, you guys should go work for them. Like everybody, like that's kind of what I wanted to plug. Um, we'll, we'll definitely plug that. You don't need my help hiring, but I know it's the dope. If I was a coder, bro, you got, you got the new Brooklyn HQ. I'm kicking it with Mike all day. Literally the scheming, like you do so much off the record scheming that people don't even know about. That's legendary. So you're good, dude. You're good. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. We're also, you know, it's funny that you called us Navy SEALs because like internally we've been talking about our need for like, we, we think we want to build a team internally where it's like, like, you know, the elite Navy SEAL team, uh, like internally to basically like, uh, 
like blah blah like basically like you know kind of like uh be able to go do features almost like without having to have them even designed right where it's like oh shit we need to go do this thing and it's like oh shit like that's going to take some time for the designer to design blah 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 well it's like nah like you know you could just go have the navy seals go handle that they don't need to be told you know uh so it's funny that you you called it that so yeah any you know any navy seal prospects out there hit me up um and yeah gally i mean honestly dog like here's the thing man i'd love to do this as much as you're willing to have me like you know you could even we could even get like a reoccurring you know calendar you know calendar event going and uh do this even like once a week or once every other week or something like that maybe get rainbow radio going dude i'm down and i know that people want to uh they should comment with like what they want to see more of and like what they yeah, want like to what kind of content for next episodes because i feel like if you're watching this long you got ideas and we love to just yeah like, the community kind of yeah i mean um i feel like each time we do that like I think that maybe we should, um, you know, if we were to do reoccurring things, I think perhaps what we should do is like focus on one topic for the entire segment, right? So it's like, okay, let's talk about layer twos, right? Well, it's like, let's jump into them without the hand wavy bullshit. Or like, you know, it's like, let's actually talk about what are the trade-offs between the, these five, blah, 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 right? And like, um, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess like if people do have suggestions for like things to drill in on, let us know. Um, awesome yeah, man. So, well thank you so much mike i appreciate it bro i'm hyped to run it back and i'm glad we got to do this and i also want to visit rainbow's new hq and do a podcast from there irl in the universe not the metaverse which will be wild when come through um yeah i gotta come through i don't know i don't have it on the calendar right. yet i'm All coming right. through that but yo, let's do this again we'll get a calendar yeah. we'll get a reoccurring calendar thing love it bro yeah. let's do All it right, let's do it this is the Gally, year 2022 metaverse all right, everybody go check it. out Rainbow. If you don't have Rainbow yet, you're sleeping. Go download it. We'll put the link. We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. <laughs> Are you not right, supposed yo, to say it? Easy. Was that, am I a total? Nah, you're not supposed to say that. Yeah, you're supposed to say we're all going to make it. Yeah, all, yeah, oh, I don't say, I don't say wag Bro, oh my, nah, did I just nah, get nah, cut nah, from, my, from being a Rainbow investor? Nah, 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 nah. You're good. We all need the stakes. Oh my God. That's how I know I'm in the right industry, bro. Cause I'm like the dumbest person in the room. I think the new thing is the most cringe person in the room. That means you're in the right room. Cause you're going to be catching up. I'm the most cringe person in crypto. Cause I don't. I like it. But that's where I want to be. I'm learning. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Yo, let's chat soon. Um, we'll do it in a week or two. Yep. All right. Have a great Sunday, dude. Thanks again. Peace, gang.